Here awesome. we go. Three, two, one. All right, we're live. This is The Hive. I think it's episode 28. I hope I'm right on that. This is Brian Wright. I am here with Jeff. What's your last name? Else. Else. So you have an interesting spelling of your name. That's why I have to ask. So I asked someone else, and they told me wrong is what it is. So I've got you on here today because we know you from New Jersey Nutrition. You've been a big supporter of the fight community. How, how wide do you go out with supporting guys? Is it mostly just this local area? Uh, it, I mean, it's gen- obviously this, this part of Jersey. This is a hotbed for, uh, for MMA, fight, BJJ. Um, so it's, it's, gen- it's, it's primarily central, central Jersey. I mean, I've got four stores all spread out, uh, maybe as far north as East Windsor and as you know, far east and south as this. So, so New Jersey Nutrition is the brand, but your stores are GNC. That's correct. Our stores are GNC franchises. I, okay. I, I started those years ago, but we had to sort of differentiate ourselves and, and find a home uh, on uh, Instagram and all these social media outlets and whatnot to where we could, we could kind of live and, and sort of do our own things and set ourselves apart and that people can recognize the difference that we provide in my stores that, unfortunately, they may not get in, a, in another franchise, which is always supposed to be the same feeling when you walk through the door, but you don't always get that same flavor, and some people have unfortunately got a bad taste before. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so that was the one thing. It was like, wait a minute, the GNC, New Jersey Nutrition, same thing? What? That like, originally when it's it came across confusing it. as all hell, I But understand. your marketing is really solid around the NJN, so you're you're definitely differentiating yourself. I guess you're using the franchise to run your business, but you're using the NJN for your marketing, so exactly, it works. Exactly, exactly. And you definitely differentiate yourself because I don't associate you with a GNC, but... That's good. Then it's working. You know, it's definitely working. It's, it's taking hold. It's taking a little bit of time to get going, but we sort of got some roots, and obviously we found a home in, uh, in the <laughs> MMA fight community, and it's how been long, fun. How long have you been doing this? Uh, I, well, I've been doing the NJN thing for only about um, almost well, coming up on two years now, but I've been in the GNC you know, health nutrition thing since uh, like – Probably 1997. Okay. Not not under my not in my uh, you know my own stores and, and franchises uh, with my partner. But I started working for uh, my partner now in uh, back in high school when I just you know had nothing to do and kept you know walking nice. through and looking at the shelves and so I finally got offered a job and then I just soaked it all up. Nice. And so your partner and you expanded, got more stores together. It, it, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I so I. Long, to keep this story, I guess as short as possible. So, as long as you want, okay. we'll make it as long Nothing as possible. Well, I'll give you the quick, <laughs> give you the quick history then. So, uh, back in high school, I obviously found um, that I could reshape my body through, you know, working out, and and it, you know, built some self confidence as I built some, you know, muscular armor, so to speak, and got yeah. some some new respect. And then, then later on, I could obviously develop my mind uh, a little bit more. But so, you know, that comes, and then along with it, obviously, back in the day, uh, you know, magazines were much more prevalent. And that's where you see you're inundated with all this stuff, which, of course, you know, has its it, it, its own, I should say, demerits, uh, given the fact that most of these people back then, you know, and still are paid. I, I used to manage a health fair in West Long Ranch. Okay. And then I worked for their main store in Little Silver in the beginning days of my fight career because I needed, I had to supplement my income because I wasn't making enough fighting. And you're right, magazine culture. So that West Long Branch store, I spent a lot of time like dead, not doing too much, and all I would do is soak up all those just freaking magazines. It. Absolutely. So that was what was kind of driving me through. But then I sort of, you know, I, I was going to school. Then I left, uh, obviously left high school, went to Drexel University, got my degree in biology, and I would come back 
when I could and I was working with the same franchise, um, of course, I did some, you know, Drexel's really well known for their, their internships or their cooperative program. So I'm working in pharmaceutical companies. I'm working in uh, validation. I'm working in biotech companies. Fortunately for that one, I met my wife, which was nice. That's another story for another time. Um, but then, and then coming out and working in uh, pharmaceuticals going, this is, this is great. I know there's, there's money in this and stuff, but how can I take that knowledge where my passion is, kind of fuse it together so you get the scientific side, which is sometimes missing in all the marketing and the hype that goes on with supplementation. And that's the magazine culture issue. It, that was my biggest and issue with and, it. And feeding into it. And so I'm right there with you. Um, and, and so that sort of led to opening one store in Hamilton. Uh, and then that we took over another store in Howe, another in East Windsor, and most recently, you know, about a, less than, what, uh, less than a mile down the road in, in Ocean here. Yep. Um, we took over that almost uh, a little over two years ago now. So that's sort of the, the short history of that. And, and, you know, all the while, you know, ha- having this mentality of, well, people will come uh, to you and, and they'll, they'll know about you and it'll spread the word. And, and obviously things change a little bit, traditional a- uh, advertising changes. And then, you know, this whole social media, Instagram, Facebook pay to play mentality changes. I'm like, well, you know, we just can't sit here. We got to put a message out, too. And so that's where New Jersey Nutrition came together. That's where that was born. Nice. Who came up with the logo? That's a great story. Actually, it's a really short story. Um, uh, New Jersey Nutrition was was out of my brain, but then that that's one of the the great websites out there called Fiverr. Okay, five, five bucks and somebody yeah. somewhere puts their talent together for about five minutes and yep. you know you extrapolate. So that's that a out. that's a Fiverr. That's job. a Fiverr win right there. Because that your logo is very it's distinctive. clean. It's, it's distinct. Yeah, it's simple. You know it. it mm-hmm. You it, and it's just so easy for branding. Because you can do one color, two color, whatever. You get it. it on everything. That's you it. guys put a lot of stuff out. And that's the key. Yeah. That's the key that's been part of it is how do we get out there. And obviously, you know, some of the, the, the premier athletes in the area have been instrumental in doing that. But, you know, our, our driving forces that, you know, and I, I tag every Instagram post of this. Yeah. You know, we're helping average Joes and pros every day. It is yeah. not like they are the showpiece. They are the person that you hopefully aspire to be and to look at and to you know, motivate you to some degree or inspire, again, to inspire you. But ultimately, you know, 95% of the population is not performing on that level and might have some desire to be. And how do we help them just achieve yeah. more and more themselves to be I, better every day? I speak about this quite a bit because the biggest problem I run into is that the lack of practicality and science and whatnot for the average person, it, it's so again, you read the magazines, you the articles. I was just talking about this the other day. I have three people hit me up in the last week that are like, hey, I'm doing the GSP workout. I'm doing the West Side barbell, this guy, whatever, and then someone else doing something else. I'm like, yo, you guys are all doing workouts that are designed for professional athletes that are sleeping a massive amount, taking a huge amount of supplements, some of them taking mm-hmm. not so legal supplements, it. and like all this different stuff. And you're going to work nine to five. You're trying to put in this monster workout. You're keeping your calories down because you don't want to get too big. And it's just not working because your lifestyle and your goals are not being met. You're looking at this going, one of them's going, I want to be leaner and faster. The other one's going, I want to be stronger. The other one's like, I want to be overall. And I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But you have to personalize that. It's got to fit into your routine. And that's where the nutrition and all that comes into play. And information is just so important. So when you're saying you know you want to fuel the average Joe and the professional athlete, they're completely different models and there's so many people that are just buying the wrong stuff i say it all the time like it used to be workout world but was it jersey strong now jersey strong now yeah rebranded they're selling a protein shake that has more calories than they burned 
to people so that they continue to get moderate, if any, gains so they keep coming back for 20 bucks a month and walking on the treadmill like a gerbil. It's a hamster, <laughs> whatever. Well, you, but it's just, exactly. it's a marketing. And then in a room filled with posters of performance enhanced and airbrushed models. Mm-hmm. So you feel like shit because you're looking at fake and then you feel like shit because you can't lose anything because they're making sure you don't. It's crazy. Uh, oh, it, when we, you, the hamster wheel—that that is the perfect analogy to it. You know, most people get caught up in the stuff that when maybe they make little changes, but they don't realize they're still in that. You know, they're, they're still going forward, doing the same old things. They're not making enough, you know, significant change. It's not a lifestyle change. And you know, you, you pointed out something. You know, the twenty bucks a month. Heck, it's even. You know, some of the other places like Planet Fitness stuff like that. It's nine ninety nine a month, yeah. and they're serving you pizza and bagels. And it's the membership you never quit. I mean, gyms are not in business to get you through the door. They want to sign you up, and they want—they just want to collect those, yes. you know, those transfers every month or those credit cards every month. And you know, the the one to two hundred people, or you know, whatever percentage of the population that go to that gym, those are the ones that show up every day. You know, that's that's not who they necessarily want. They just want those dollars. And yeah, and get it. And just because it's being sold at a, I'm doing air quotes, health food store or nutrition place doesn't mean it's the thing you need either. And that's why the relationship with the customer is so important and putting out information that's real information. And that's, that's so, you know, that's one of the things that's going to separate people. You know, if, if you, if you want to be the best in your area, you've got to actually provide value to your customer. And that's why it's good that you have a brand that speaks to the needs of the different stages of athletics. And we, and we see, and we see it all. We, I mean, there's even people, you know, Anytime we bring aboard uh, like an athlete, like even say, you know, when, when Carl was with us, for instance, I mean, everything we, we tell them up front is I, I don't want to buy your y- you. I, I yeah. want I'm like we're here to support you in any way we can. And if this works out for you, and obviously one thing in particular with the obviously the elite athletes is I don't want to put anything in their hands that I know these are going to be questionable. It'll yes. pop on a test or USADA or something like yeah. that. Um, which is, you know, I'm, I'm super, I mean, we're always looking at the world anti-doping agency list, uh, you know, as USADA has adopted, you know, that, that changes and there's, there's definitely brands out there and there's obviously stories, you know, we got John Jones and stuff like that. Um, you know, what's slipped in, what hasn't slipped in. And, and that's, that's one of the things I pride myself in and and where I really do appreciate being associated with a GNC is the fact that, you know, it is not a free for all on that store. There are so many things and so many hoops that they got to jump through to even get on the shelf as yeah. far as you know, third party testing, et cetera. And, and, but even within that, you know, there have been times when there, there's definitely been stuff on the shelf that, you know, for whatever reason wouldn't be allowed. I mean, the, even the, uh, the NFL won't allow DHEA at this point, which I don't think any athlete in, in any perform, you know, that's performing right now in, in their prime at that age needs that or should ever be taking that. But yeah. that would be something that's, you know, a banned substance by the NFL. So it's always about finding what's the, what's the right thing for the right person. And I can confidently say that like when they come in, you know, I'm not just there to satisfy what they drove here to get. Yeah, it is. It is a conversation. It's what have you? What have? What are you looking for now? What makes sense for your lifestyle? What makes? What are you currently doing? And I'll be the first person to tell these people who come through the door. I, I am a whole food advocate at at its core. Okay, I'm not a purist in the sense that because I also realize that people live lives and there may yeah. be points where, well. You know, if if you got a long commute and you got to wake up at four a.m. to hump it to the city, that maybe a you know a breakfast shake makes sense. But yeah, like you were saying, let's make sure it makes a caloric sense in the grand scheme of things, yes. and it doesn't you know blow the proverbial load early in the morning and then set you up for this roller coaster action, and then you're hitting the you know the lunch cart or whatever out front and and, and dumping the diet. I the one thing in the health and fitness industry in particular that's always driven me nuts is the moderate gain thing. 
they stick in this moderate result area and then they push blame and they just want to keep shaming people into coming back instead of giving them the results. I've always found that in anything I've ever done, any business, it's all results driven. The higher the results I get for somebody, the more loyalty I get. Mm -hmm. The people I'm doing the moderate thing, I may get some time out of them, but eventually they're going to go chase the next you know, gimmick or idea instead of sticking with what they know. And you have no you have no ability to argue with them to get them to stay. It's like, yeah, I've been getting shitty results for you for five years. Why don't you stay with me and keep getting shitty results? You know, it, it's it's the it just the argument makes no sense. Getting people where they wanted where they came to you and they said, look, I want to get from here to here. Get them there, and then they're going to want to go somewhere else, or they're going to want to maintain that. And since you got them there, they're going to trust you. I just don't understand the the idea of well, let's keep them dumbed down so they always feel that they need us, and that's just bad logic. That's the worst. Yeah, business logic, and I've never never adhered to that. I, I know where you see it, and it's sort of just to kind of perpetuate that constant customer, and and that's yes. just that's not it. You know, I I always say we're we're you know when somebody comes through the door, we're going to try to put together maybe the best scenario built around what information they've shared with us or we pulled out for them, with no you know push like you've got to do all this it's just just what you described here's x y and z that fills in the holes or can forward your progress toward that ultimate goal and also you're in the supplement business which means you can't push them anyway no <laughs> you I, have to suggest yeah because no, no, you're no, not no, a doctor and you can't it, and, and that's you can't exactly push it. anything in a way where you fit where they felt you prescribed them it, this or said you need something it's always a suggestion of and, and yeah you do have to talk around it there's always a hypothetical yeah. as a, if if i were you yeah. this is what i could yeah. do in this situation where you're relating it to something else i mean oftentimes it's you know you're, we're building upon this base of customers that we've we've helped over you know 20 some years and it's it, it, it becomes like relatable like and, and, and of course you know I have you know parents friends relatives who have sought out the same advice have gone through you know maybe somebody's going through uh, replacement knee surgery uh, uh, you know someone's working through cholesterol issues um, hyper hypoglycemia diabetes etc you know these are things you can obviously you know th there's a lot of n equals one out there where the yeah. study is you know built and it's anecdotal and then there's there's research to back that up too. I mean, but there is. I a, call it the bro science. There's real science and there's bro there's a science. ton of bro science, of course. You know, this will pump you up it you know? all day long because you get That's the guy who comes in who read an article or somebody told him something or his bro's taking it. Yeah, you know, you know, his bro's all shredded, so he wants to be shredded too. And you know, it, it it's such a it's a it's a weird business. It's a twist. It's a twisted world. Unfortunately, all that stuff gives the supplement industry a huge. Uh, bad name and a bad rap. Um, you know, more and more. I, I, you know, it's one of those. There's one of those myths that were unregulated, and it's unfortunately it's regulated, but it's not enforced well enough, in my opinion. Um, you've got a lot of free-for-all outfits that yep. are selling stuff that says uh, it's labeled for experimental use only <laughs> or veterinary use only, and it's kept in the glass cabinet right as you walk in the store. And guys are fed the and girls are, are fed the idea that this is side effect free with all the benefits of yeah. what uh, what otherwise be uh, prescription would be required. And it's it's not the case. I'll tell you my my horror story. So I'm 26 or 27, and I'm working at the health food store. Maybe I was 25 or 26. Cause I think by 27 I was out of there. But 25, 26, whatever. Andro's the big thing at the time. So Muscle and Fitness is pushing Andro as the miracle vitamin. Andro is a pro steroid. Mm -hmm. So 
Joe Weider tells me to take it, I take it because I want to be huge. You know, I was trying to be a heavyweight at the time, and so I'm taking Andro, and I got big. I put 20 pounds of muscle on in a very short amount of time, mm-hmm. but then I started to have problems. Then my muscle, like I was, I tore a muscle. Then I had weird abscesses popping up. I thought I had strep throat, and I go to the doctor, and he's like, "You have an abscess in your throat. What the fuck are you doing?" And he, I was like, "I don't know." And he's like, you're green. And then they do a blood test. And they're like, yo, your testosterone's through the roof. Your liver is not doing well. Your kidneys are malfunctioning right now. You have serious problems. And he's like, bring me your supplement list. And we go down the list. And he's like, why are you on so much shit? And I'm like, well, because I'm supposed to be. And he's That's- like, no, you're not. And then he hits Andrew and he goes, wait a minute. How much of this are you doing? I can't remember the details, but he told me that I was doing, I was 197 pounds. He told me I was doing enough for a 280-pound professional bodybuilder, and I was doing it for nine weeks straight. He goes, you're supposed to do this for two weeks on, two weeks off. He goes, you've been on this for nine weeks. That's where the abscesses and all this are. He goes, your body doesn't have the ability to produce testosterone anymore once you come off this. Now I've got to go through testosterone therapy with you to get you back on track. And then they got me off of it. I couldn't fight for nine months. Because one minute I'm good, the next minute I've got a boner and I'm crying. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> it was like it was like this massive thing. My whole body went nuts on me. I didn't know what was going on. Like, it was nuts. So I was having these crazy highs, crazy lows, had body fat. Then I got lean again, could sleep, couldn't sleep, lifting heavy one day. Next day, I couldn't put up a quarter of what I normally – like, everything was nuts. Then they, they gave me – I had to go through treatment. It was about nine months of drug therapies to get my body to be I able to – do testosterone again and it freaked me out and I didn't want to touch anything and then Android not long after that got pulled off the market because they're like it people are dying enough. from it well, yeah you had well you had McGuire and Sosa I mean who knows if they were actually taking that or they were probably taking the real thing and that was just to blame since it was yeah. in, in the current uh, trends at the time but yeah you're right I mean this is that's a that's a huge issue and this is still an issue and that that's obviously where I was getting at with the you know I was talking and speaking in a roundabout way about the SARMs which are select androgen um, regulation modulators um, and, and, and these are supposed to hit on those same like benefits basically without the side effects, but it's, it, it still has impacts on your testosterone access. I mean, your body is this perfect, uh, you know, physical specimen that is great at achieving homeostasis no matter where you are. And that's an ever-changing thing. Yes. I mean, that depends. Like we were talking when I came into the gym, how hot it is here. Yeah, so your body self-regulates yes. that and you're going to start to sweat. Um, you know, it's cold. Your your body's gonna, you know, it, it, it's gonna change the the, the dynamics uh, depending on the load, the str- the stress level, the emotional stress level. All these things change. So there's this constantly moving target of what your body's trying to achieve. And then yeah, you throw something else completely uh, external, um, uh, exogenous into the system, then y- your body's gonna change. It, the th- one th- thing the one thing I've been told quite a bit by doctors is that the basic rule of thumb is anytime you take something that your body produces when you take an artificial version of it, your body stops producing it naturally. And it doesn't matter what it is. For the, for the most part, you're absolutely and right. And it's like people that smoke weed, they lose the ability to produce the chemicals that allow them to create happiness. And when they stop smoking, it takes them a transitional period to get that back. Yeah. I mean, well, you think about, well, think about anything. I mean, it upregulates and downregulates yeah. a ton of different things. So obviously, you know, the first time you ever have caffeine, whoa, you know, yes. a, 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 an eight ounce cup of black coffee, you send you, it's like lighting a fuse. <laughs> and then there's people drinking cup after cup after cup all day long. And of course, you know, uh, it's energy drinks, it's other things, and and, and you're, you've you've you're decreased. It's like you've decreased your sensitivity to it. And this is the same thing. You know, we could take the same thing even to uh, 
you know, not ex- not that it would be synthetic, but like look at, uh, you know, excessive carbohydrate intake or, or refined sugar intake and what that does to your insulin sensitivity. Yep. Your body has to push more and more and your cells become more and more resistant to that. And that's a huge epidemic in, in, in society. So, yeah, it, 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 it's the perfect it's the perfect scenario. Your body will always adapt to that. And, and if you try to change that from an external substance and not knowing what the rebounding effect is going to be, be, you know, because take, for example, creatine, the most widely studied um, ergogenic aid, you know, beneficial supplement to date. And there's stuff beyond muscular benefits um, or in muscular dystrophy. I and mean, there's stuff for cognitive function, especially in elderly people. But your body does shut down production uh, in, in the, the it, it produced in the adrenal part of, of the kitty, right on the top of the kitty, your body's actually making natural creatine levels. It'll shut down its own production. But this is now, it's almost like a light switch that your body can quickly click back on as soon as you stop supplementing with it or, or eating excessive amounts because you, do, you can consume it through red meat and fish. And I would, yeah, I, I read a study that came out from like, what the hell was like London School of whatever. And they were talking about because of the over farming of the planet our actual creatine ingestion is at the lowest point it's ever been because the red meat doesn't carry it as much anymore so creatine supplement supplements are actually beneficial for athletes because we just can't get it at the same levels we used to I, I mean i wouldn't doubt it i mean that's kind of across the board that you know there's comparisons of crops you know 20 30 years ago and even further back where it's just you know vitamin c content is you know 60 percent of what it used yeah. to be and i'm t- totally throwing out arbitrary numbers at this point but it's substantial the the difference and you know uh, more and more it's as as we're provided with more and more efficient ways for for companies to get things into our hands at a decrease or, or, a, or a lesser price things are going to give so obviously factory farming um, you know the, these these CAFO where they you know they congest cattle and you're feeding them just corn and stuff like that. You're changing a diet to something that's really nutritionally devoid. Whereas you know now people who are aware and can afford it are seeking yes. out grass fed cattle. I mean, once a year, my family we buy a whole a whole beef for that purpose yeah. and we split it with somebody else. And of course, it requires a chest freezer, but I feel like it's at a bit of an investment and it works out in the end. I know I'm paying the same price, whether it be five or six dollars a pound for grass fed ground beef for filet as well so every once in a while my wife yeah. and i want to have a nice date night at home with two little guys in bed early we can enjoy that without paying 30 dollars a pound but that's you're planning ahead for your nutrition which is important where if you're trying to do it on the go it's almost impossible to round it out anymore you really yeah, because you, our food sources when we're going too fast are very cheap well yeah and not only that but the the to, to put food in that convenient of a package, too. Like, I mean, if you're hitting certain places for a, a quickly prepared meal, I mean, there's certain establishments that might be putting together a pretty healthy option. But, you know, anything that's packaged, number one, I mean, that, this, this leads us into a whole other subject where, obviously, you know, those to go back to the omega-3 content, they're not going to leave that in there. Omega-3s don't do really well chilling at, like, room temperature, you know, what we're sitting in right now they're going to go rancid yeah it's not going to taste as good it's not going to last as long so they pull all those out they're not necessary and they pump them full of seed oils and omega-6 oils which are a lot more stable and that's just imbalancing people even more and messing everybody up and you get this crazy inflammatory thing and well brown rice is another one where they strip the rice down to white and then they chemically infuse the nutrients back so that they have the right levels to match the labeling that's a, that that's a, that's a it's a huge one. I, I go back and forth on the brown rice white what about, rice thing. What about soy? The soy like the tofu that you eat in the store is the most acidic, toxic thing you can put in your body because there I forget the name of the chemical, but there's a chemical that makes tofu actually more digestible, but it's really 
it has a very high value, so they remove it from it, so they give us the leftover. So when you're eating tofu, you're actually eating the scraps of the soy where the valuable part was taken out and being put into pills and stuff like that. There's a long history of taking things that were byproducts of some production uh, somewhere along the line and then you know, spinning them and turning them into a health food or something. Yeah. You know, take, take whey protein, for instance, which was nothing uh, really 20 years ago, and it was the byproduct of cheese production, and they found, hey, what are we going to do yeah. with this? This is a really good source of, of protein. So they start, you know, d- you know, breaking this stuff down or getting it, you know, obviously powderizing it to a point, purifying it, and start selling us whey protein, which in its own has some other health benefits and whatnot. But, you know, it's kind of funny. This, that completely came out of a, an afterthought. Yeah, it's funny that when you take science and marketers, you put them together, and that's pretty much what food is. It's marketing, basically. I mean, you can there's that saying, marketers ruin everything. But you know, when we look at, we start va- making value judgments on every aspect of it, and then like, how do we combine it all to produce the most value out of it? Because the corporations and people are like, man, you sound like conspiracy guy. But the truth of it is, these people are there beholden to the stockholders to make as much money as possible. They don't really care about the overall health of the public in a lot of ways they just want to say how can we screw with this food to make money well everybody's got an agenda and i think everybody can become so self-convinced that what they're doing is right and they're so fixed on this one particular i mean science is very reductionary or you know reductionist whatever you want however you want to put it and you know if we find that you know one study says this and you just hold on to it or latch on to that and that's that's gonna that's driving your paycheck obviously that makes sense and the thing that's really crazy if you look at it like functional medicine is a thing that's like a new kind of catchphrase mm-hmm. that they're talking about is functional medicine over you know a, a GP general practitioner where they're changing and they're making more personalized decisions based on it but the problem is is the science on that is not the science that's being taught True. and now the reason why it takes so long to change is because it's billions of dollars to change one idea because all the textbooks have to be changed. All the standards have to be changed. All the practices have to be taught. And then you have the doctors that were teaching something that may be proven to not be as good. And then they're afraid that they're going to get sued. And like, so you run into this weird, it has to be almost a generational change where mm-hmm. they say, okay, we have to be quiet about this until this generation goes out. And then we have to prepare the next generation to come in. But then we have to go back to the schools. Then we have to go back to the textbook manufacturers. Then we have to go back to everything. So you have to make new machines. You have to make new textbooks. You have to make new ideas. You have to implement it all. And you have to do it in a way where the entire industry doesn't get sued for malpractice because they found what they were doing may not be as good as what could be and we live in a litigious society so you always have that fear and it's this crazy self-destructive cycle where you would think the idea would be to put the most cutting edge information out but cutting edge information is dangerous because it shines a light on what we used to do and when you live in a society where everyone is trying to do revisionist history and make the past pay in the present it's a problem absolutely i mean that i think everything you, you look at it and, and it in society, I mean, it's kind of like a, you know, you're familiar with the bell curve, you know, you've got yeah. these people who are, are way behind and they're hanging on the old daddy, you have everybody in the middle who sort of has to, to deal with what's being pushed out in the general population, and then you have those people on the fringe who are way ahead, and, and, and it's that bell curve slowly shifts over to them. I think it's happening faster and faster, just well, because technology obviously, is yeah, changing that's everything. everything. I mean, information is, is so... Yes you know right it's it, it's everywhere it's hard to get away from it but you look at the you know look at the bastardization that was done to uh, to fat in general yep. over the years and i mean th- th- you know you see those like you know this time magazine even relevant or exist anymore but the you know the 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 two prints back you know side by side they were probably you know 30 40 years apart where you know they've got you know that 
pasta is king, you know, complex carbohydrates, low fat diet, and then they have butter on the front of of an issue within yeah. the past, you know, five six years. And and like the job that they did in brainwashing generations of people, it's amazing. Like my mother won't touch fat; she's convinced fat's the worst thing in the world. It's the it's the hardest thing. I mean, it, it, it it's unbelievable when when something that I think at this point could be regarded by you know most people our age or younger. Or uh, uh, looking at like an avocado as as healthy, and and other people look at that as a well, that thing is a fat bomb. That's 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 going to kill you and put you in the grave. I mean, there was a study saying that fat has actually never contributed to a single heart failure in the history of the planet. It's 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 all made up stuff. It's all there are other it's, issues. It's the word though. There's such a negative connotation to the word fat. A, absolutely. So you're using fat to describe two completely different things like the ring around your belly is different than the fat we're talking about in the food you eat absolutely but you know that connotation on a word is huge i mean you take for instance you know we're talking about fats so canola oil is when we go back to one of these seed oils okay uh that was was harvested and was pushed hugely as a great cooking vegetable oil and still is i think but the original name for that was rapeseed oil well <laughs> who the hell is going to take rapeseed oil and throw that into the brownies they're making so they, they fused together, you know, this cohesive effort or, or marketing agenda, and they turned it into canola because it was a major product out of Canada. So it became can from you know, Canada and, and Ola for oil. Then you had canola oil, and, and here we are today, and, like, that's the last thing I want to see yeah. my, anybody cook with. Yeah, like, you don't want to have rape brownies. Exactly. Yeah, that's really funny. I never knew that one. That's a new one you got to put in the database there. Yeah, the, the, it, it went, the fat issue... So you have fat that you eat in your food, and then you have the fat on your body, and then we argue about it. And then the other part becomes, like socially now, we've got this movement where we're trying to make body fat acceptable. <laughs> and then that all of a sudden translates into the argument over fat with food. And there's good fat and there's bad fat, but everybody's trying to make all fat on you and what you ingest all okay and acceptable. And again, it gets like, this is when science and social engineering run into each other and we get into this weird mind fuck where it's like people don't know what to do well nobody wants to be offended these days um and it's it's just it, it i mean how far can we take this where yeah you can't say that you might be at an unhealthy weight and i mean there's but the, the problem with that is that there's this huge you know body of evidence around you know they'll focus doctors will focus on a bmi or something like that whereas you know you take somebody like um like Carl, for instance, whose BMI, BMI will be obese, probably. Yes. Okay, because he carried. I was the same way. And I remember in a, in, a, in a sitting in a, a biology or a health class in in, uh, in college at, at Drexel, and I have this argument with the teachers. She's, and I'm like, "You're telling me I'm obese?" And she's like, "Yeah, based on this, you're obese." And at the time, I was probably, you know, two oh five, uh, and maybe running around twelve or thirteen percent body fat tops, uh, and and just muscled. Yeah, but that. That, that's where it didn't take that into consideration. And I get it. It's a good measurement for a general population, but you can't apply it to everybody. No, you can't apply it to an athlete. I was, I'm 5'10". I was 215 pounds with 8% body fat at one point, and they're trying to tell me my BMI is out of control. I'm like, okay, you're telling me I'm morbidly obese. I'm like, go fuck yourself. I'm in great shape. <laughs> like, stop it. I'm good. I actually told my doctor to go fuck himself. I'm not kidding. So I have well, that, that problem. That's, that's the biggest thing. They, they work for you. You don't work I for was them. Like, this is crazy. I'm the healthiest I've ever been in my life. Stop it. And I was totally natural. I stopped taking supplements at that point. I did it through eating. Mm -hmm. I did it through eating and training. It was eating, sleeping, and training. That was it. And I got myself in really good condition. And that's that. That's, I mean, That's the core of it. I mean, like I said before, I'm a whole food advocate. 
at, 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 at my core, and I will n- never speak ill of food. I mean, yeah. nobody's ever argued against vegetables. We, can p- we see people, you know, try to bastardize or, or, or you know, rally against meat and et cetera, things like that. But nobody ever argues against vegetables. No, but it's supplements is the key. We're not talking about replacements. We're talking about supplements, and that's where it comes down to. You have to, you know, we live in an augmented reality as it is, so it's just you're augmenting your diet a little bit with nutritional support for the areas that you're struggling. And hopefully with a little bit of knowledge, uh, you know, and assistance from a doctor. I mean, we're all about, you know, blood work and whatnot, you know, looking under the hood every once in a while. We're not just trying to guess, you know, looking at the outside what's going on. Yeah, and that's the bro science part, too, where, you know, you can't just prescribe anything to anyone as an idea to follow through it has to be personalized training and that goes down to the functional aspect it has to actually function not there's no general function everybody's different the body our bodies we all have the same systems but they respond differently because we all have different stresses different mindsets different everything and then too you look at what the mind does to it so you have a guy that's riddled with anxiety because he just is that way like somebody told him something negative once he never let go of it so he's always got anxiety his entire body chemistry is different than someone that doesn't have that level of that could anxiety. be his, his twin it would be different yeah absolutely yeah so you have all these different factors you got to take into account and that's why it's really important that you personalize your experience instead of generalize and that's why i'm glad the magazine culture is gone but then you know i like t nation i think t nation is an interesting conversation piece of uh that's a great website. way to put it. Absolutely. But Straight shooter. They're always selling something. True. So they're trying to – they did an article about Hugh Jackman when he did The Last Wolverine, and they started – it started off as this is what he was doing, and this is how he got the look he was doing. And it was all real stuff. These are the reps he was doing. This is the times he was working out. This is how he dehydrated himself to get that look for a few minutes on film, which was great because that's one of the things that people don't talk about is that – the majority of the photos that are taken, it's after a massive dehydration period to, you know, get those cuts a little bit deeper and whatnot. And they don't walk around like that. Hugh Jackman looked the way he looked in one scene for 15 minutes and then never looked like that again. You know, but then at the end of the article, they went into he did it by taking uh, blood plaque and blah blah. And I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. Now you're just selling me products. It was a great beginning, shitty ending. But that's what they do. But they have really good conversations where they do put the real stuff out and say, okay, he started this, started that. There's no way he wasn't on gear, you know, to get there. And this is not sustainable. This is sustainable. They did one article I really liked. Was um, they really believe in there's no such thing as overtraining. I am a big proponent of that. I don't believe there's overtraining. I think there's underfueling, underresting. That one guy to prove the point maxed out his squat every day for 100 days. Maxed it out mm-hmm. and didn't do another motion. That was all he did. And at the end, all of his other motions went up. He put on, I mean, he put like 25 pounds on his legs. He quadrupled his ability to squat, but he was fine. He functioned normal. And the point of it was they were like, okay, we're going to take the bro science and we're going to take the old information and we're going to challenge it. And so they do these tests periodically and then it gets you to understand that the body performs best in deficit. So if you can put your body consistently in deficit but you support it with the rest and the fuel it needs to recover, you're going to be able to maintain and you're going to be able to keep going. And it, it's just I, I, I like little tests like that. But the thing that I thought was really crazy was so this guy's maxing out his squat – his bench was heavier at the end of 100 days than before he started because the crossover benefit of, of literally pushing himself to failure in one area made his entire system stronger. 
I mean, it comes back to the body functioning as a whole instead of us piecing it apart, which is what medicine does as well. You know, we have a doctor for every part or every system in the body. But, yeah, I mean, there, there were – even back in the day, I think that was understand understood to some degree. If you put, like, you know, X amount of pounds on your squat, you're probably or, – or your deadlift, you're probably were also gaining some bicep size yeah. because you're, you're holding the bar. I mean, there's a direct and your whole ancillary body effect. Is- Tense, it is the positive chemical output is body wide. It's not just thigh related. There's no such thing as spot building or spot reduction. Absolutely, couldn't couldn't Th- agree with you more on that one. When that's the the one, my biggest, the thing I rally against the most is probably the uh, detoxes because it's all bullshit. Because the body is a system, the body functions completely as a system in every way possible. Everything affects everything. There's no fucking shake you can take that's going to detox your liver or your kidneys or whatever. It's a big problem. Your body does that naturally. It's definitely been something that has been latched onto by the industry. And obviously, yeah, I mean, your liver in general is the huge detoxifier in your body. There's some things that you can do to nourish that. There's definitely some things you can do to get that back to health, uh, especially if you've really overtaxed it through, you know, and got some cirrhosis going on. But that's different. It is. You're not detoxing. uh, I'm not not disagreeing with you. You're using nutritional support to help your body recover from damage you've done so you can can work more efficiently. You're not not taking something that's going to take the place of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Again. It's crazy. This is where... marketers uh, and to get just a piece of that market take something and to an extreme and i mean to, and to break it down to some degree and, and again i'm not trying to argue against no, this I, I'm, I'm right there with you but you know there's certain things that do uh stimulate peristalsis through the small and large intestine that do escalate how quickly are going to you know, go through you and we're not talking about something that's a laxative laxative just brings water into the intestine yeah. and just blows you out you know, obviously, higher fiber is going to help add bulk and stuff like that. Um, you've got some things that are chelating agents. So there's, there's certain foods, and even you know, paleo was big on this. They were big proponents on. Uh, you know, we talked we talked about brown rice there briefly. You know that the outside that 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 the what truly should give it the brown. You know, a uh, uh, part of the rice. You know, there's anti nutrients like phytic acid and stuff like that can sweep out nutrients. There's some things that can chelate heavy metals, but as a whole, w- w- yeah, we we've latched onto that, or they latched onto that, and basically took that as this like this this was going to do it, irregardless of you doing anything else. I mean, the the biggest thing that I, I see as a benefit right now to well, almost indirect cleansing are some people not eating around the clock constantly, and and it it it's crazy. There's this this intermittent fasting like. Yeah, I'm a fad on that, and and you know it's always been there to some degree. Okay, you skip breakfast every once in a while. Hey, you're giving your digestive tract uh, you break. know a break for every once in a while. You know there was something I followed, you know briefly just to experiment with myself. Probably um, I don't know seven or eight years ago, and it was called the Warrior Diet, which was re- uh, written even previous to to, to that uh, by a guy named Ori Hoffmeckler, uh, and he had an interesting. You know, it was basically how, how a warrior would, would eat and train. I mean, they'd march all day, eat very little. They yes. sustained on, you know, maybe some type of bread and water that they had out there throughout the day. And then they gorged at night to refuel if they had access to it. I mean, that changed my, my body dramatically. It also pissed my wife the fuck off because <laughs> she was pregnant with my first son. And me not eating till like 8 o'clock at night. Uh, drove her insane but uh, yeah I mean it gave it a break and it, yeah. you're, you're trying not to push a bunch of stuff and for most people when they're then cutting out more processed food well that's a good thing too of course yes. your body's going to kind of reset and sweep out and they're going to be resensitized as well so it's sort of mixing things together and selling something where maybe it's just the dietary change that kind of comes along with it which I feel like they latch onto and just 
go to when town you don't with. eat for four days and all you're doing is drinking this drink, your body's gonna and it, and it has a bit of a laxative effect on you. Oh, I feel better. I feel lighter. I'm like, okay. First off, there's a ton of sugar in that, and that's where your energy's coming from. And then on, you know, you're getting rid of some stuff, but you're not detoxifying your system. You're giving it a break. You're cycling it, Thank and that's but that's that's the the thing with the the body is that the you know fuel work rest it applies to everything it applies to your brain absolutely it's you know body mind spirit all of them are in the same way if you're going at 100 percent intensity all the time in one area and your body can't get a break you are going to break eventually your mind breaks your body breaks your spirit breaks everything breaks over time if you push it too hard and you don't allow it to recover or give it the things that it needs to nourish it and whatnot and that that's so when you have these people that micro focus on different aspects of that it gets weird and then they're attributing to the one thing they're micro focusing on they're attributing too much and they're not realizing that you know again when you're when you go on the detox well you're not eating all the shit you were eating and your body's you know feeling better because you're not pounding it with salt and sugar you know to the same degree and it, yeah it's it, the marketing plays on but they know what the effects are they've studied it they've said okay here are their fears here are the things that are going to happen this is how we can talk about it in a way that sells our product better and when they find something that works like that i'm telling you i mean i just see it going through you know like almost like neighborhoods and communities you know my my uh my my, both of my boys are active in sports and we'd be hanging out on the sidelines and of course you know oh i'm the gnc guy so everybody wants to talk to me about that hey i'm doing this thing i'm doing the i'm doing a keto diet right now and it's like this whole neighborhood's doing a keto diet this whole neighborhood's doing intermittent fasting and i'm thinking okay this is this is good at least you're doing something you're changing something don't understand keto's got some really bad side effects that's another one you know you're taking something to a very extreme you're taking it to an extreme state well it's the biggest loser the people that do these biggest loser challenges there they lose metabolism function for life from doing this to themselves that when you so radically change to get into this you lose the ability to do certain things because you literally break your system so these people doing keto the one thing they don't realize if they're going from a high carbohydrate diet to a keto too quickly they don't have the ability to process carbs when they want to later like oh when it they destroys them this. when they have it absolutely they get together at a family function or go off the rails and it just lays them out and but they don't have the ability to get off keto effectively ever if their you, body if, never yeah. ever can they, process do, carbs if you, again if you do it too long and i but this is that's the way it is that's the way it is with everything i mean there were people there were a lot of military personnel uh when paleo was really big and so they were you know no gluten no grains right and they would have zero of this in their diet and then they get deployed and you eat whatever the fuck they give you. you, you yeah, you, exactly, to sustain yourself. Yeah. You don't want to be uh, you know, a special officer, even just a general grunt or whatever, out there, and, and you're ready to shit your brains out because you yes. just had some stuff in the mess hall yes. that's destroying your system. So, I mean, a big thing for them was to constantly have a little bit in their diet, you know, a cookie here and there or whatever, even if they wanted to adhere to it. And, you know, I, again, that, that, you know, that's one that, again, you could take to an extreme, but... To have that little bit in there so that there was that constant slight insult so their body was used to it or ready for it. And that's where if, if anybody does do any type of uh, ketogenic diet, I'm always recommending a cyclic ketogenic diet where there are, and I hate to use this term, this is one that's been like, again, taking hold in the uh, uh, like a bodybuilding community, but like a refeed day or a day where you do, you know, every five days, every seven days, every 10 days where they're, they are relying on some carbohydrates so that you keep those enzyme path lines yes. and pathways up and running and and it also then to when you do eat so you know a bolus of carbohydrate that hits your system it doesn't spike your blood sugar and lay you out and you know then you got the sweats and you can't figure out what the hell's going on i don't think 
the average person gives a shit about performance. I think they only care about the look. So the problem ends up being to get the look that they want, they're actually creating a more fragile system. So instead of creating a healthy system that's going to allow them to function under most environments, they're specializing themselves so hard to get this thing that they feel they need. They can't maintain it for the long haul. It just sucks. Like you really have to find your lane. That's so the one thing when I work with people because I do strength and conditioning, I do a lot of personal training, and the big thing I explain to everyone: I'm like, you really have to understand your life, and you have to understand this is the lane in which you, you can be, function. You gotta be honest. Yeah, you really have to be introspective enough to say this is who I am. This is what the challenges are. I've got a guy right now. He's like, yeah, because uh, I, I just wrote a program for him to work out at home. And I do kickboxing with him in his garage, set up this kickboxing setup. And he's like, look, I got to go every other week on the kickboxing now. And, I, and I'm like, why? And he goes, well, because I can't do your workout and kickboxing back to back during certain weeks because my wife and my two kids don't see me for two and a half hours. And I was like, oh, shit. I didn't even think about it. There's like levels of practicality you've mm-hmm. got to understand here. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, you can't be so selfish with your routine that you're not able to function in your relationships. You know, you have to be able to go to work, eat what's available, understand what it is you're putting in, how much you can and maintain your lane, whatever. You got to understand this is this is where I can maintain. This is the caloric intake. I try and keep my pro- my protein, my carbs, my fats balanced out. Understand that the days I'm working out, I might be able to do this or that. But again, it's just understanding how it works and not being judgmental about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, to get back to it, that that that's that honesty is something that unfortunately is something that's very difficult. I'm sure you see it all the time. Like, you know, when you're maybe interviewing your clients to kind of put something together for them, that's not going to be over the top. I mean, they got to be honest. Like, what's the diet look like? And it's the same thing when they when a lot of people walk through you know our doors, and we ask these questions. We're like, no, you know, really. And that and that's where there's a there's always a flaw in some of these studies that they do where it's uh, you know self reporting on what you ate. Of course you're always going to write down you did a little better than you actually yeah. did. No one's that honest with themselves to just do I mean, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't, but yeah, that's what you have to do. Same way with output, same way with the numbers. Someone, If I'm working with someone and we're doing online PT and they tell me, yeah, I did these workouts and then I fit test them and they're not getting any better, you're full of shit. You're actually not doing your workouts. You're just telling me. Same thing with eating. You can't tell me you ate that clean. The math doesn't add up here. You worked out these sessions you ate this food there's no way you gain weight you should have lost x amount of pounds i mean it's just math people act like it's this magic thing the one i laugh at is the people that think calories are different depending on the source they don't understand a calorie is a measurement it's not a description of your food like an inch doesn't change based on what you're measuring so a calorie of chocolate and a calorie of broccoli it's the same amount of energy to digest that or to use it whatever but Okay, so the dietary benefit of it is different. Your body's going to use it different, but the value of it is the absolute same. So you can't say, well, I can eat, you know, 10 of this and one of that because they're different. No, 10 is 10, one is one. They're different. So people have to understand, like, you shouldn't, you don't have to obsess about calorie counting, but there's a lane you have to stay in. If you're eating 4,000 calories a day and you're living a sedentary lifestyle, you're going to be gigantic. It's just the nature of the beast. Absolutely. You're supporting a 400-pound body at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're Michael Phelps and you can eat 5,000 because you're burning 4,800 a day, that's different. That guy eats at McDonald's most of his meals, but he's also a human furnace. He could he could live off cardboard if he needed to. Like well, that's any, it. He it, just it doesn't needs matter. Whatever. He just yeah. needs density. And, and at a certain point, it's got to be palatable, too. So, of course, he's going to eat saturated fat and a bunch of sugar and salt. And that goes back to what we were talking about with the magazines. When you take 
let's say George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre works out three, four times a day. This guy's putting in eight hours of extreme physical conditioning a day. He can get away with it. Like He can do the workouts that he does because he's eating a massive amount of calories. And he has a huge nutritional support staff. And he has doctors and all this shit helping him out. And he's doing it professionally. If you work a nine-to-five, you can't work out eight hours on top of it. Sixteen hours of your day can't be devoted to work and working out. You're you're done. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you have a even if you have a desk job, and that's not to take anything away from somebody who's who, you know who who works maybe a a little bit harder or, you know or labors throughout the day. Your brain consumes a huge percentage of the calories throughout the yes. day. So if you have that stressful job where you're grinding away for eight hours straight, you know phones ringing, emails are coming in, etc. I mean, there, there's something to that. You're going to be wiped out. You still got to summon the discipline to go afterward. But yeah, yeah, your diet does not dictate you're going to get to eat Michael Phelps style with that. The so. thing that I that I'm enjoying the most about this conversation is just bringing a practicality and science into it. Because a lot of my athletes, I mean, the things they tell me that they're trying to do when they're self planning their diets, going into a weight cut or getting ready for a fight, like it just blows my mind. Where the, I'm like, where are you getting this? Well. One guy missed weight by 10 pounds, and he's wondering why. And I'm like, what the fuck did you eat? And he's like, well, I ate clean, but it was for 10 days. And he was eating egg whites. He was eating egg whites and avocados. And I'm like, you have, you basically just put cement in your gut. You had no digestive anything going on here. You got rid of the most nutritious aspect of the egg, and you just ate the protein. Like, you completely destroyed your digestive tract and you're wondering why you stopped sweating you had way too much sugar and salt in your system because you didn't cut it out soon enough and the water just couldn't come out because your body just freaked out the minute you hit the sauna your body's like whoa 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 yeah that some of the some of these old school mentalities and this is something that i found definitely diving more into uh, the fight community uh, in particular is i mean these weight cuts are i mean that's something i think we could have an argument against period anyway i mean it's just it's a it's a reality of the it business is. today. I understand. So we have to deal with it. My hey, I want to do a I want to do a weight cutting roundtable where I want to bring people like yourself, a nutritionist, uh, doctors I know, a physical therapist, and just talk about the realities of what this does to you. Because I mean, my digestive tract is a mess from all the years I cut weight when I was younger. I mean, from fifteen to thirty five, I was constantly cutting weight to get ready for something, and I just screwed up my digestive tract, and I was doing it the wrong way. You know, I was binging and starving because that's what we did back then. I'm not – it's funny. That's, again, when you judge people. like People are like, you're so stupid. I'm like, okay, motherfucker. In 1995, we didn't know. Yeah, it was trash bags and rice cakes, but there right? Was no, there was no internet to show me who exactly. was doing anything. It was whatever magazine or book or conversation. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hop on Google and find out what water loading was. And if you had bad people around you, you did bad weight cuts. If you had mm-hmm. good people around you, you did good weight cuts. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to a big – school with a huge wrestling program that had a science behind their weight cutting i figured it out by myself my coaches didn't even touch it they were like just show up on weight you know that's just the way it was i mean it's a privilege to the amount of information that's accessible now but it even goes to show like you said despite that people still f it up oh god it's it's ridiculous i mean with carl we struggled we struggled to make 85 when he was in glory and Carl struggled at glory. He had um, his fights there. He lost both of his fights. And both of them I contribute to really bad weight cuts, and we didn't figure out why until later. I don't have a device here to figure out what your composition is. So when we get to the UFC, we go out to the UFC PI. They put them on this machine that breaks down everything, and they're going, okay, the reason why you can't make 85 
It's because forget about your skin, your hair, your blood volume, your organs, your bones. You have 187 pounds of muscle on your body. Yeah, it was not going to happen. So they're like, of course you're dying. So we basically had to kill him to make 185. We made 185 a bunch of times, but he could just never recover because, I mean, he was losing over 30% of his body mass to, to make weight. To it, it, there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he died out when we were in L.A. He was in the best shape of his life going into that. Made the weight cut. It wasn't even that hard, but it was so long. They just couldn't recover. We were warming up in the back. And he was like, all right, I got to stop. And I said, oh, shit, we're in trouble. No, Second round comes, done. Hit the wall, had nothing. He was just, my legs just went. And it wasn't stress because he doesn't give a shit about fighting. That's the only thing he really likes doing. So he, it wasn't a stress thing. It was a lack of lack of nutrition at that point because his body just couldn't recover because we just massacred it to make that goddamn weight. Yeah, I remember looking at that report uh, when he, he came back. Uh, he brought it into Bulldog, and I'm like, yeah, you you gotta yeah. you gotta give you gotta lose some of that. And I mean, you could even see, you know, at that point when he had to make it down there, he was real su- he was all sucked in in the cheeks and everything because yeah. that's not naturally where his body wanted to be at. But no. that's where they wanted to fight at. But then with the routine they put him on, he really did do it the healthy way. The weight cuts are just easy now. He makes one eighty five, no problem. He's still fucking huge, mm-hmm. but he makes it easy because. It's the nutrition. It's the work. It's the cycling of things properly. He added, you know, I've, I'm not a big proponent for running for combat sports. Unless if you're crazy and you need to mentally push yourself, fine. But it's really a weight cutting issue. It's just burning the calories off. It's just using up those excess calories. So you make sure you're constantly putting yourself in deficit so your weight's stripping off. Mm-hmm. It's not going to do – I don't see an athletic value in it. I, I see it as mental and for, for – weight cutting and that's where Carl just really got into running and the running is just so he constantly burning those calories off and cycling his meals right and that's another one meal cycling your body over 24 hours so people say oh late night eating is killing me I'm like not late night eating it's the fact that you ate all your calories by 8 o'clock and then at midnight you added another thousand that's your problem your body in a 24-hour cycle it's what you eat over that 24-hour cycle that matters so if you eat in one meal or a hundred meals it adds up the way it adds up if you're not an elite level athlete that's using fuel constantly and aggressively, none of that shit matters. And that's where I get again, I get a sedentary person who's like, I'm eating every two hours. I'm like, that's really nice. It doesn't fucking matter. I'm eating once a day. Again, it doesn't really fucking matter because you're just not doing anything physically enough to activate your cycle. Like you're putting yourself on a cycle that doesn't matter. Well, I think that's there's, and there's 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 pure proof in that at this point where there's people who have done that you know every two hours that that typical kind of diet that was thrown at people for turn years. your turn yourself into yeah. a human furnace yeah, just throw another log on um <laughs> and 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 then at the same time those same people i think at this point are starting to experiment with different stuff and you know if they're doing a compressed eating window and they're eating this if they can they're eating the same amount of calories and hey look at that it works out you know you might not necessarily perform great if you if you're you know 16 hours in a, in a, into the fast and then you work out cuz your tanks a little low yes you know there's timing to but yeah it it, it it in the in the reductionist approach ultimately yeah it's what what are you doing to any given period of time how many calories did you consume and how many how calories did you burn you know i don't want i don't want to see anybody go out there and obviously take that and run and and you get that whole like weight watchers where people save all their points and then they eat a bag of candy at the end of yeah. the day yeah but The source of your food matters for your overall health. The source matters for your health, but the scheduling of that food doesn't really matter 
um, you know, it, it just has to be appropriate to your work. Because again, yeah, if you haven't eaten in 16 hours and you go to do a hard workout, it might be a little difficult. I mean, it has to be in shot of it. That's why Carl eats every two hours because he works out every freaking well, three. That's his job, so yeah. it just that's what he does, and that's why it works. I mean, Corey Anderson the same way. That dude eats all day long, but he mm -hmm. never stops training either. He's mm -hmm. always doing something. Mm -hmm. So the guys that are on those kind of cycles, they're eating to support their work. But if you're not doing the work, it doesn't matter when you eat. It doesn't matter. You got to do the work. It's 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 the work. I don't care what it is you do. I don't care if it's if it's your business, if it's your body, if it's your mind. If you're not doing the work, all this nutritional, supplemental, whatever. There's no bottle of anything to replace the work. The, the work and the discipline to do the work. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even your business. How many shops do you have? Four. Okay. So you can't go to a seminar and your business magically gets better. No, absolutely not. You have not. to do the work. Yeah, you're planting seeds. You're working day in, day out. It's like, you know, but you don't like read a, a book. You don't ingest the information out of a book, and magically your business is better. Absolutely. You have to apply knowledge. Sure. Everything is application based. Yeah, and it's all, and you're, you're always building on the body of knowledge that you've already consumed and, and maybe sometimes um, casting away if, you know, it no longer works or it's the wrong thing or you've grown. But you physically have to do something. Yeah. You have to apply it. You have to cast it away, mm -hmm. which means you mm -hmm. physically have to. I, yeah, I either have to have do to, it you have or to I have to instill it into somebody else, you know, educate someone else so that they can then take that and obviously. But know. even there, you're teaching them and then yeah. they're going to go do it. Mm -hmm. So it's the fucking doing. I, it's, it's, it's all about work. Yeah. That's so that's. That's the thing. Every person I've brought on, I've brought on a diverse group of people that run all different things from the guy who does my tattoos to the guy who cuts my hair to the person now that we get supplements from to my physical therapist to everything. We bring them all on and when we all, it all comes down to it. Every one of them are successful because of the work they put in and the relationships they've forged. Relationships. You, you, you hit on another one there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's more and more. It's the biggest thing. And that's one of the best things that's come out of the whole NJN experience is it's allowed me to reach more people and uh, and really, you know, either just touch more lives to help more people or just, just to find people who are like-minded and moving in the right direction. And, you know, that's what makes this world go around, those and relationships so that somebody knows somebody. And you can feel confident. You can recommend somebody come to you or I can send, you know, yeah. somebody over here to see Brian because I know he's going to put you through the right workout and it's not going to be just some ABC programming. Yeah, and that's where social is truly social in a positive way mm -hmm. and you know some people shit on social media i i'm like you know what i am so happy that changes in this world and advancements of how we can connect i mean we physically are just meeting but we've been in contact for a while now since you started working with carl and your information is fed into things i've done and you've pushed stuff that forward that i've put out and we've developed this you know uh, parallel situation and we just feed off each other because of the network that we've all developed together. I mean, you've got Bulldog, you've got Thrive, you've got your shops, you've got schools like mine, you've got all these different schools that are doing all this stuff and we're all just pushing out positive information mm -hmm. and it creates a much better loop of information so when people run into it, we all feel confident because we all trust each other and that's why we're all sharing all this stuff and people are just getting into a good cycle now. I, I do feel like that's happening right now where, yeah, like, like you said, and I'm, I'm still finding, I find that there's still so much information that these guys don't understand. I mean, when you find a good fighter, you know, you, I think you typically are finding someone who's just got the potential and the the work ethic that you can push through something and then you're really honing a lot of their natural ability i i think but i think that's everything i i, I don't care what it is i i think if 
I think your business partner saw the same thing in you that I see as an athlete that walks in my door. Everybody, you have it's a mentoring process. It, Some, yes. Somebody that understands sees the potential in somebody, and then if their work and their mindset and everything kind of evolves together. Mm-hmm. Mindset's a weird one. I hate that term because people are like, change your mind, change your life, go fuck yourself, do the work, and your mind will change. Got to do the work first. That's true. Well, it's that's the work. Whole. You just can't sit around and think positive thoughts and expect the world to change. You still got to do the work. The work, the work, the work, the work. The mind will be better when you do the work because if you do the work, you're really going to believe. You're. I can't speak to that. You're really going to believe what your mind creates. So you can sit there and say, I'm the greatest at anything. I'm the greatest business person. I'm the greatest fighter. I'm the greatest whatever. But unless you actually go and do the work, you can't fully believe it. So that connection doesn't come together. And it's just you're just lying to yourself. And then you end up avoiding. Guys that sit there and don't do the work and they say they're the greatest, don't take on the challenges because they don't want to be proven wrong. Absolutely. Not in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of themselves because they've been building this false narrative over Mm -hmm. and over and over and over and over. I mean, how many times have you seen people tell you like they're the biggest business guru in the world, but they don't own a business? And they well, don't want to own a business because they don't want to be proven wrong. That's my they're just going to tell you what to do. That's my whole issue with life coaches. But Yeah, when you have another. a 22-year-old life coach, get the fuck out of here. You don't even know who you are. Like, Get out of here. I'm 44 years old, and I'm just starting to feel like I may possibly understand a little bit of myself. Right. And it's not me. And you wanna, the crazy part is it's not me living in my own skin. It's my wife and my kids. And my students, my, my members, the people I work with. Carl taught me a lot about myself. My relationship with Carl, just, I mean, the shit we've gone through. It's like, made me understand how I relate to people. But my wife, my kids, that's like, that's the one. When someone else believes in you, that's what gives you the ability to believe in yourself, I find. That's, that's the thing. Because we could all go out into the wilderness on our own and whatever. But it's when you come back and someone sees value in what you did and trusts you for it. That's what gives you the confidence to keep going couldn't agree with you more i mean the family thing is huge you know when you have somebody who's relying on you or can look up to you and i mean of course you have this whole self-analysis of what you do right or where you're at but when somebody else looks in and says you know they're proud of you you're doing a good job yeah it's 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 immensely valuable and when that person someone that you see value in you know you're just validating each other in a positive way because you know again the people you surround yourself with is so important if you have negative people around you and they're validating negative positions and points it's not a good thing so like i'm fortunate where my wife and i have a very good thing and my kids and i have a good thing and you know i have a that's the that's that's my mirror my reflection there it's how's my relationships there it's what makes me understand where where i i sit with everything else so no matter what goes on anywhere else if i'm coming home and things are good it lets me know i'm on track or not on track that's where i really i again at 44 it's the first time in my life that i've had that for an extended period of time and i think that's where the growth spurt came because i mean i've pushed myself in every way possible but i didn't really believe until someone else believed in me to a lifetime commitment level that just mattered so much absolutely yeah i had a guy i had a guy give me shit a couple weeks ago and uh this was a person that has blown up every relationship he's ever had he was giving kind of giving me shit about something and i just was like i'm gonna cut you off i was like you have you have no weight in anything in talking to me i was like i have a wife that i've been with for 10 years i just had my second kid you know i have a five-year-old i have a newborn you know i'm good I have people that have been training with me for 20 years. I have long-term relationships. Everybody in your life has been there for a couple months because you burn everything. You have nothing to say to me of value. I have the ability to be a man, to be a, like 
an adult. You have a foundation. You're a fucking child. Like, you're a 30-something-year-old child because you're a petulant child who can't maintain a single fucking relationship. So don't talk to me about anything. You can't talk about business, life, training, nothing. Go away. Everybody runs their mouth these days. And yeah. that's the one downside of social media in general is how, you know, people just will just come together and just totally demolish someone and and it doesn't matter where they're coming from at all you might not know anyone and they're just gonna just beat you down on social media they're just incredible they're just projecting their own insecurities and the more successful you are the bigger the negative audience becomes and that's why you know i don't pay attention to the negative voices you can fuck with me all you want i really don't care fuck with the people around me i get a little pissed off but you know that's 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 the sad reality of it but at the same time the success that you found and the successes that I found in my life, the reason that we can do these things is because of those pools of people. No, absolutely. <laughs> those are the people that stay in the sheep pool, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, or I'm just trying to pull more and more people into the, you know, like you said, almost like that mentoring aspect of it. It's like, what, what can I give these people? What can I give these, you know, the, these fighters or, or any client that comes through my door that could potentially further them that they're going to then obviously help somebody else because they found some way. And that's huge. That's new thinking, though. That is it. That is the coolest thing that I see in this generation of business owners is that we're getting more value-driven mentalities yeah. instead of take, 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 take. A lot of people that were 70 and 80s business people just want to take for them. Fuck you. Like, if, if I help you do something good, it's my loss because you did something good. But it's not. It's a mentoring process. Every relationship, it's a mutually beneficial trade. Wow, that was a big move in the back there but so if if i help somebody do something i have to trust that person in the beginning so that when they do it they're going to understand how they got there and we're going to have a good relationship together for the long term instead of this short take 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 shit over and over and over and over and over and that's why i really i mean the big thing i see with new jersey nutrition is just it's you give exposure to guys that need it you give information to people that need it you're giving people what they need in regards to what it is you do and that's cool. That's why, that's why I think the strength of the brand. And that's why I think the the brand's getting out there, and you know, uh, it's cool. And then to sit here and you can back this up with so much information and up to date practical knowledge. It's just cool. It's a good thing, man. It's a good that's thing. Good. And that's but again, that's the bulldog situation. Keith, super progressive, knows his shit. Absolutely. Driving people to new levels, thrive. They are absolutely alternative recovery. But I know firsthand that they can fix you <laughs> oh no i mean it's it's it, it's incredible again just to get back to what i intend to really give the plug to where people deserve it but yeah i mean having met you know keith um and, and just seeing what he's put together up there i mean i could just walk into that that facility and just look around and know this is something you know that's that is progressive that's different and i mean it's gotten even more so obviously yes. with the success that i think keith and maria have found over there with you know some of the, di- the different tools that they're bringing into it. but ultimately it's you know how do you employ those tools yes. and I think that's the one thing that he's found in particular is it's not about breaking these fighters down with these super compound movements etc it's it's keeping them functional like we talked about functional diet functional fitness etc that's conducive to putting them on stage and so that they can have a career with this because that's what ultimately counts I could talk about that point forever I'm going to talk about it briefly because it's been going a while and it's hot as fuck in here but the um the biggest issue I have with trainers in general, I i mean, we're in a very saturated market in general in terms of health and fitness, martial arts, nutrition, everything. There's just so much of it around here. Uh, the biggest 
issue that I get is that you have people that really don't know what they're doing that just try and push people super hard and they break people down. The average person doesn't know. It's like, well, fuck, he crushed me. He must be good. That's not making you better. That's just crushing you. And that's where Keith, like Carl goes to Keith twice a week. People are like, man, you must work out every day. He's like, well, I train every day, but I do strength and conditioning twice a week because that's the fine-tuning of the machine, and that's just the way it works. Like Keith is not saying, you have to be here every day, twice a day, and your bench press has to be 5 billion pounds, and you have to be deadlifting a truck. Like, No, he's saying, okay, we have to make you perform optimally, so how can I be there to support you, not you need to do what I'm telling you to do because, uh, no, like it's, okay, you do this, 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 and this. You want to get from here to here. All right, I feel that I can fit into the plan this way, and this is effective. You said it perfectly there. That's, that's, it's that's what's what's the end game? What's yeah. the plan? And how can I play my piece in that that whole plan and strategy that we're putting together? So he's got that aspect, obviously. You know, when you're providing, you know, the striking, etc., and, and, and the strength and conditioning, and then you have you know someone like you know J- Dr. Joe and, and Dr. AJ over there at Thrive, and and they're playing their piece of the puzzle that you know. That, and, and what I like about them in particular is just that they, they're coming from an athlete perspective. This isn't just a, you know, crack whack or stick you with a couple things yeah. over here. This is like, no, I mean, I mean, the, the, the way that they work is, is impressive. Uh, I mean, I, I've sought them my, myself yeah. and I've gone out of my way. I don't I don't live close, but I'm driving to Spring Lake to get treatment at this point. And uh, I mean, we were just in an event this weekend at the uh, Belmar Beatdown um, with, with Dr. Joe and AJ kind of, you know, just getting ourselves out there a little bit more to another you know, a group of people, CrossFit athletes, could be a whole nother conversation, I'm sure. We could, yeah, we yeah, could both yeah, get yeah, into yeah, But, yeah. you know, these, these are people trying to push themselves. Uh, you or all have everyday lives. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's an athletic pursuit with very little payoff unless you're the top of the, the cream of the crop, right? And, uh, and But they're, they're keeping people going and enjoying things that they enjoy, or they're keeping top athletes in the right, in the right shape. And, but man. again, we're all in the support position. Yeah. And if you look at it almost like the military, if you look at it from the military overall, you, so everybody plays their part. So you have your Air Force, your Marines, your Army, your Navy. Everybody understands what their specialty is, and then everyone takes a general position, and we all coordinate together to Coordination. make the best, best word you athlete. Yep. So it's not one guy taking responsibility for everything. It's... We're all taking responsibility for the output together, and that's why it's been working. And the lack of ego in the network of people has been the greatest part. Because the biggest struggle in the martial arts side of things is the amount of egos that we have in this business is insane. It's every business. I'm speaking to this because it's the one that I'm most entrenched in. But everybody wants to take credit for everything. I still have one fucking jerk off. Carl trained at a gym for like three months when he was in high school. Every time he fights, this guy comments on his feed and it was like it's really good to see somebody from here doing this i'm like look motherfucker carl and i've been together it's seven years now i took him from nothing to like now we're in the ufc together like carl and i did this together who the fuck are you get out of here like you're just you're just trying to like steal our thunder but he makes himself look stupid because when you do have a network like this where everybody really is supportive and we're very transparent about this process i'm very transparent i i say who does what i don't take i'm not a grandstanding person I think as a coach, I think the best way to be a leader of people is you have to basically give away all the credit and take all the blame and just, that's just the way it Absolutely. goes. Absolutely. You have to be humble in this. Yeah. So I own my shit, positive and negative, but the transparency in the process for all of us, 
that is providing a benefit for these athletes is what makes it work. And then when these selfish or more tunnel vision guys come in, they don't even realize how stupid they look and their businesses never change and they don't realize why. They think we're attacking them when they're literally just blowing themselves up over and over with their own behavior. When well, people self-implode when they, when they do that or they just show it. They, you know, they, and, can't, and they can't help it. I, I hear you. And, and that's, I mean, to, to that point, I mean, that's where obviously, uh, you know, Carl with being with us for about a year or so and then, you know, taking on a, um, a, a different contract with a different company. And I couldn't be more happy for him because this yeah. is ultimately something like, you know, I'm on a level where I can provide some expertise. And I told him, I'm like, you will always, I will, you can come to me with anything you need. I Why mean, would you is, burn that bridge? Uh, what are you going to say? Oh, I, oh, what? You're going to financially benefit? Yeah. Like, I know. You gotta, oh, my you God, you jerk off? What? You're going to make money? You're not going to care exactly. about my business? No. Come it's, on. It's, it's ridiculous. And that's where it's been always more about what I can, what can, what, how can I help? And then, you know, if we've provided you, again, go back to the value added. If I've added value, well, then I know that at a certain point, you know, Paul might be walking around. Somebody looks up to him and goes, what'd you do to get here? And these are good guys you can go see, or these are great guys you can go talk to if you got questions about Carl it. Carl will tell anyone at any point in this area, anyone says, I'm looking for nutritional support. He says to go to you. We all do. And like, why, why would can, we not? I can't not? ask for anything, but I can't ask for anything else. But you earn that. You earn that. And, and, you, and like you said, I, I would never burn that bridge, and that's not from a perspective of, like, even if he never did that again, I ultimately want him to be better and successful at what he's doing so whether i see him in a post doing something and i'm like don't take it this way take it this way here's yeah. where it's used for etc i just you know it's this constant like how do you how do you get somebody better with the knowledge hey man, you have? if you can't celebrate other people's success you, you don't deserve your own it just you 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 have to allow people to move on and, and it's this this could be a very long conversation i i have this is something that i i, I touch quite a bit i mean i have no problem letting my people go other places because i'm like there are certain things that you need to go do and, and it's not even technically. There are times when guys just need to get away. It's funny. There are people that I've trained when they were kids and they're now adults. And it's something I talked about where I get certain coaches, they try and run their rooms like scholastic sport rooms. So you get a guy who says, I want to run it like a wrestling room. I'm like, that's really nice, but you can't be a wrestling coach to a 25-year-old man because he's a man now. When he was in college, he was a boy transitioning a man. He needed his coach to still be dad. But now he needs to be himself. So if you want to be dad, you're going to lose him. If you want to allow these people to be who they are and to develop into whoever they're going to be, you need to be the supportive person there, not the father, leader, guy anymore. They have to lead their own lives. So you have to be there to hold their hand when they need it, to kick them in the ass when they need it. You know, you have to understand what they need at the given time so that they can grow, not so that they can stay under you. And that's like a big shift that people need to embrace because it's like when you see this revolving door and the reason I have the ability to say this is because out of 20 years probably 16 of them I did it wrong because I didn't understand what I'm saying right now like I grew to understand this and that's the one thing when you're dealing with adults and you're dealing with men in particular and men that come out of systems that are now finding success you have to allow them to be who they are not be under you per se they have to be with you and that's the thing. And so they may leave. They may open up their own business, but they'll never cut off the relationship because it's respectful. It's respecting of who they are and what they want. When I opened up my first school, my instructors cut me off and they didn't talk to me ever again. I was like, go fuck yourselves. You just showed me who you really are. It's unbelievable. Like, that's terrible. Like, you're ridiculous. Like, seriously, I'm a man. I can do what the fuck I want to do. I don't owe you shit. Like, Unreal. We owed each other respect 
to a, like I was going in a different direction. Let me do it my direction. You go yours. I'll never speak poorly of yours. Don't speak poorly of mine. And if we can help each other out, let's do it. That's it. It's not that hard. But because I wanted to go, then it became a threat and whatever. I've seen that happen so many different ways. It, it's just nuts. And again, when you're in a sitch where you're sponsoring athletes, there are companies that are going to come in and they're going to spend more money than you. Absolutely. And who the fuck are I you knew to it was going to happen. But who are you to tell anybody, like, look, what, I want you to take less money because I've been there for you? Get out of here. You don't really care about people if that's the way it is. There's always going to be another Carl for you. There's going to be another athlete in the area that you can work with. And Carl will never forget you if you're cool in the transition. Yeah, it's again, it's like a coach. I have guys that run fight teams that they give guys shit where they're like, what do you mean your jobs? Why you can't come to class? What do you mean your wife and kids are why you can't come? Like, you got a fight coming up. I understand you're asking like, hey, you're making a commitment to do something so you got to put the work in. But at the same time, when someone does have a job and they do have a wife and they do have kids, you can't ask them to take food off their table to put it on yours. Like, you got to understand, they have to do what they have to do for them. And you're, again, in a position where you have to figure out a way to make it work or not. If it can't work, it can't work. But it's not that it can't work because you're being a dick about their life. Like, just be honest about it. That's it. Honesty, transparency is really easy, man. Straightforward. If we can work together, great. If we can't, it's no big deal. Like, seriously, even with your brand. Like, somebody else comes along, offers me money. I'm like, hey, man, I'll support you in any way I can. But I'm now obligated to this because it's going to benefit me and my family. I... I just put it out there. This is the reality of it. I wasn't like, hey, um, they're going to give me, I don't know. There's like something of lesser value and I just like them more or whatever. Like I'm not dicking you over for status. Like it's practical reality. This is life. Yeah. Yeah. And people just have to grow up to that shit. So, all right, man, we've been talking a while. Um, It's been fun. And it's hot as shit in here, and I don't want to make you sweat anymore because you probably have to go to a meeting and you're going to smell funny now. It's, it's all good. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just say i got to work in and over here, right? So I want you to throw out whatever you want. Uh, pitch your stores. Tell people where they can find you. Um, say, say whatever you need to say. I appreciate that. Well, you know, if, it, as you guys have heard, so we're New, Jer- New Jersey Nutrition. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Um, we are four family-owned franchises of GNC in the central Jersey area. We got a store just south uh, of Killer B in Ocean. Uh, we're in Hamilton Marketplace in Hamilton, Mercer County. We're in East Windsor. We're also in Howe in Aldrich Plaza. And if anybody has any questions, you can feel free to follow us and shoot us a DM. Uh, when I got the time, I will definitely give you the answer, uh, at least to the best of my ability. You know, with obviously no uh, no requirement to make a purchase of anything at all. But if you do need any advice, if you're in the o- local area and you want to stop in, I mean, what we try to do every day is just help find a, a, the product that fits you as opposed to fitting you to the product i think that's one of the, the the things that's the most wrong with this industry and i'm trying to cut through that uh, you know add that out uh, value as, as brian and i you know talked about and, and just uh you know forward things and i guess in some sense help better your life and that in turn betters mine appreciate it yeah that's that is the best way to go about it, the most effective way to go about it, and the people that subscribe to it, um, they're going to be better for it. And, yeah, that's just what we've all been doing. So that's why the network's been growing. It's been a cool process. Love it. Yeah, so this is Brian Wright. You can find me at brianwright732 on Instagram, Twitter. I'm on Facebook, all that stuff. You can find the gym, Killer Bee Combat Sports Academy. We are on Highway 35 in Oakhurst. Online, we are killerbcsa.com. Also, killerbcsa on Instagram, Twitter. We're on Facebook. And you can find all the episodes of the podcast at thehivecast.com. We're also on 
iTunes, Google Play, and tune in. So, this is Brian Wright. I got to do a final shout. I got to say thanks to Sucker Punch Entertainment for always being there supporting Carl in his career and getting the word out about everything we do. New Jersey Nutrition for the support it's done for our athletes. Bulldog Strong, uh, Bulldog Strength and Conditioning, and Freehold. Keith does an amazing job with a lot of the athletes from the gym. Uh, who else can I throw out? Thrive keeps us all healthy when we screw each other ourselves up. They put us back together. Uh, there's a ton of other people out there that I'm missing. Go to thehivecast.com. It's got a full list of all the people that support the show. So, it's Brian Wright here with Jeff. We are out.